The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Whoever receives you, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me. One of the common questions that you get as a priest, because it's not a very common career these days, is, so why do you, why'd you want to become a priest? How did this happen? Well, let's say it wasn't abundantly clear to me that this was going to be the path that God was calling me to until I was already into college. Though I was raised Catholic, though I went to Mass on Sundays, though we prayed together before meals as a family, before dinner, though I went to Catholic schools, honestly, it had never even crossed my mind, the possibility of becoming a priest. I could say, though I had received Jesus over and over again, as he talks about here, within the Eucharist, I had received him over and over again. I would say I didn't really think that I needed him. I'm Catholic, so I'm going to do the Catholic thing. Well, maybe except for when I go to college, because, you know, once you graduate from high school, you kind of graduate from your faith. You don't really need it anymore because your parents aren't forcing you to do it. This is your choice. And Look at all all around you. There's no one that's choosing to stay close to God. Someone that's choosing to go to a church full of hypocrites and all of these things. These are, these are the, this is the lie, the mentality that we enter into in our society. Though I had received Jesus, I didn't think he was actually that necessary for me. Somewhat similar to the widow that we heard about in the first reading. She perceived, I like this guy. I like this prophet, Elisha, Elisha. And so I'm going to host him. I'm going to be hospitable to him. I'm going to welcome him into my home. But what we didn't hear in that first reading was that Elisha asked her, hey, is there anything I can do to you, do for you? You've been really kind to me. She said, no, I'm pretty good. And so he asked someone else. And this other person said, she wants to have a child and she hasn't had a child. She wasn't 
able to ask. She didn't think that it was necessary to ask. Or maybe she was afraid of being disappointed. I look back at my life and I could say the same. It's like, I didn't necessarily ask anything of God necessarily. One, because I didn't even think of it. Or two, maybe I was afraid, well, what if he doesn't answer my prayer? What then? Well, as time has gone on and as I went to college and I realized that Jesus wasn't a nice added bonus, being Catholic wasn't a nice added bonus to my life. It was essential to my life because I saw, I saw there was a dead end looming ahead of me. And maybe you've had this moment too. It's like, okay, so I'm in college, I'm studying so that I can get a degree, so I can get a job, so that I can make money, so that I can support a family, so I can have kids so I can get old, so I can retire, so that I could die. It's like, what? Well, that's kind of a dead end, isn't it? What about the the whole afterlife thing? Well, I mean, as long as I'm basically a good person, everyone goes to heaven anyway. So I don't even really need to think about that. It's just not the reality. And I try to be a logical person. I'm sure I'm not all the time. But I'm like, maybe I need to live as though I'm destined for judgment. Maybe I need to live my life as though Jesus is actually the center so that when I die and he asks, was I the center of your life? I can honestly say, Jesus, I did my best. I failed all kinds of times, but I did, I, I did my best and I want to be with you forever and eternity. So it was realizations like this in college that made me say, all right, I need, to, I need to flip a switch here. I need to get my life in order. I need to live my life so that if someone were to look at my weekly schedule, just by looking at my schedule, they could say, this guy cares about God. This guy leaves room in his life for God. Up until that point, I couldn't say that. So I started praying a lot more, started doing holy hours every day, started going to confession more, started going to mass even during weekdays. And then I had a spiritual guide who was a religious sister. What an invaluable gift to me. And she taught me how to pray, how how to have a relationship with God. And as a result of that, my peace, my joy just shot up exponentially. And I could say, wow, now here is something I can be passionate about giving my life, passing on the gift that I have received in my faith, this joy, this peace. This is what everyone's looking for. And this is just a foretaste of what is to come in the next life. So this was, this was when I realized receiving Jesus, not just going through the motions, not just being a checkbox Catholic, but actually living as though Jesus is the sinner. This was the turning point for me. So I'd just like to pray for all of us as we're about to literally receive Jesus into our bodies, into our homes, so to speak. I would love for us to approach the Eucharist today as though it wasn't this nice added bonus in our life, but this is essential. Jesus, I try to do it my way and I just end up frustrated. I end up anxious. I end up depressed. Jesus, I need you. And I trust you and I love you enough to ask you to fill my heart because it longs to be filled. I would love for us to come up to the Eucharist with expectation, with desire for more. I don't want to just check a box here. I want to receive Jesus with new faith, with new desire, with new expectation. And he wants to fill that desire. It's not that we hope too much of God. It's one thing he'll never, will never be able to say of ourselves, and he'll never be able to say of us in the next life, you hoped too much of me.
God will never say to us, you hope too much of me, but he will very likely say, you didn't hope enough of me. Jesus, you are here. You are present. We thank you. We praise you. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we are poor. We, we have areas where we lack. We ask you, Jesus, to fill in the gaps, fill in the holes, fill us. We long for you. We long for not this transitory pleasure, not transitory entertainment, but enduring peace and contentment and love. Jesus, help us to live not by a checklist in our faith, but by a living relationship with you. Jesus, I ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit upon these sons and daughters here. Inflame these hearts to receive more of your love. Let them be contagious as they're transformed in your love so that other people seek the peace and the joy and the love that they have found. Jesus, we surrender ourselves to you. Jesus, we receive you not just with our bodies, but now with our minds and our hearts. Amen.